0: I'm back, back in the New York Brian, Scott, <laughs> stick two, Brian, stick two. I'll try again. Fans don't know this; they just missed out on two minutes of riveting content that maybe no one will ever. <laughs>
1: I know. They don't know what we go through. They don't know the pain of trying to do this and, and, and experiencing the technical difficulties and worrying that they're going to happen again and that you might have to restart and the agony of that. <laughs>
0: right, the technical difficulties are the worst with this. Uh, I'm not going to get too into the weeds on it, but here we are. I'm back. I'm back in the New York groove. Happy to be here. Uh, I thought you did a great job last week. um and i i appreciated it uh and there's some stuff i i would like to uh revisit because i think that there's they'll like it was a it's crazy that just listening to your podcast you know all the stuff that happened last week that's just like it seemed like earth-shattering news and now it's just gone
1: right that's i mean that's the way we've been living for years it feels like now
0: right it's like i know (laughs) i know
1: Trump and the Russians, and then uh, nothing happens.
0: Right, right. it's true. (laughs) It's true. I mean, we just had the Super Bowl. So today, Brian, we are recording. This is the recording of the year that is the furthest from any football being played in the future. Right. Football's over. Yeah. The long, long winter begins. (laughs) The longest winter. Because of the extra week of the NFL season, now we're right up against the All-Star break. So football, gone. Basketball, gone. Baseball, gone. Not because right. of anything other than baseball, but it's still, it's gone. Right. Baseball may not happen this year. Right. Because <laughs> that's what baseball needs, is to give everybody a year off to forget it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: To remember that they don't care about baseball. Right. Yeah. Right. Smart. That there's, Good move. That
0: there's summer carried on as normal. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a wise decision by everybody involved <laughs>
0: uh but the nfl is surging brian a fantastic playoffs capped off by you know another close exciting super bowl um what were your thoughts on the game is matthew stafford now the ultimate quarterback of all time yeah <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting because like one first just on the game, like it was one of those
1: games where it was like competitive and not boring, but not a great game. I wouldn't say either. Right. Correct, like, yeah. Neither team played that great. Um, you didn't come away like that. Wow. Dazzled by either team, um, but good game, you know, good, solid game, obviously close throughout, but it wasn't like a classic, you know, and I think the, the closeness of it almost belied the quality of it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think it's ultimately right. Like, I was sort of standing in the final couple minutes of the game. And so, it had a thrilling-ish finish. It was in doubt at the end. It was good enough. But you're right. It wasn't like, you know, I I guess probably the most recent example of it is that Philadelphia uh, win over New England. Like, that game was just nonstop, breathless excitement. Um and then this, this on a spectrum is closer to the New England uh, Rams Super Bowl. Right, uh, right. You know. And the thing is, too, I don't think poorly played. I think in some ways I think it was a little boring or disjointed is, I think, the common phrase that you're reading about the game. But I think it was that way because actually the, the defenses had some pretty good plans that they were executing really well. Yeah, you know, it's
1: funny. The Bengals did a great job defensively, and it occurred to me as I was watching the game, I've heard of, like, I know almost no one on this defense. Like, how is this? And I know they have a guy who has, like, 14 and a half sacks, but it's, like, the least heralded group that I can recall. And and all you hear about is the Bengals' offense, and yet, actually, their defense is what kept them in the game. The offense was not
0: good. I know. We'll get to the giant. I mean, I was actually really – when I was watching the Cincinnati-Kansas City game and, and saw their defense play – against them i thought to myself wow i'm actually now i'm kind of impressed the giants interviewed this defensive coordinator i had no idea who he was didn't understand the interview now it's like oh all right he's a good coach yeah right right no he had a really good plan yeah
1: yeah like i don't know you know i'm torn on the stafford stuff like because it is like on the one hand, it's like, what, he's a Hall of Famer now? You know, I actually saw Richard Sherman had a very good point. I He was like, look, this guy's made one Pro Bowl. He's never won an MVP. He has never been, a, a, you know, considered the best quarterback in the league in any season. Um, you know, now we're putting him in the Hall of Fame, you know. On the other hand, like, I do think he's always been so talented. Like he, you know, the big throw that everybody's talking about, he made that sort of no look pass on the, on the last drive. It is a crazy throw. There's not that many guys in the history of the game that can really make that pass. Um, and he's an interesting case of like, here he is found this search circumstance that allowed him to show off his talent. And, you know, does it make you reevaluate, you know, you know, like, does it put him above certain You know what I mean? Like, like, where do you put him next to like a Tony Romo now? Like, doesn't it change that a little bit or no? Like, does he get to like, stand out? You know what I mean? Him and Matt Ryan, like, is he, does this change anything of how you feel about those kinds of players? Or is he right in that group? I really don't know. Like, it's hard to evaluate Matthew Stafford now. Like, and yet it's not like he was so great in this run that it like changed everything about him. In fact, he even had shaky moments in the Super Bowl. But he is good enough to win a Super Bowl, and he wasn't like carried by this team. He, he was a big part of it, too. Like He made this team better.
0: Yeah, that's a really good, I think, overall assessment of the situation. The funny thing about this, here's my beef with it. First of all, the only reason I even honestly care about Matthew Stafford, he might have annoyed me either way. But I think the real reason that I care is Eli. Of course. And, you know, (laughs) right. So here's the thing. It was driving me bananas when Eli retired. And somehow his Super Bowls didn't count anymore. We talked about it on the show. I mean, you know, Eli retires. It's like, well, if you take away the two Super Bowls. Like, well. Yeah. Two. If you take away two Super Bowls. So, you know, it it frustrated me because I felt like forever – The number one metric of success for quarterbacks is how many Super Bowls did you win? And Eli has won more than Aaron Rodgers, more than Matt Stafford, you know, more than Brett Favre, like all these people. And it's just like, well, you know, Eli. like so I I don't get it. But now suddenly Matt Stafford wins a Super Bowl and it cements him. I don't understand. I I, like what are the rules? Do the Super Bowls count or do they not count? If you could if you can answer that question for me, then I can tell you exactly how I feel.
1: Yeah, but I'm I g I, I think what the thing with Eli is like Eli's gonna get in and he's gonna become the guy that everyone points to who's in that tier right below where it's like, you know, the Romos, the Philip Rivers, the Matthew Staffords, the Matt Ryans, where every one of those guys, in fairness to them, has is going to retire with like a better quarterback rating, better yards per attempt, like better advanced stats. You know what I mean? But, you know, Eli one there's the era like you know quarterback changed uh, dramatically yeah like even if you look at eli his two best statistical seasons were with ben mcadoo when he really wasn't as good as he used to be anyway but like he, he his career is like right in the middle of that drastic shift where like quarterback numbers just changed how you know like you can't compare them from the start of his career to the end of his career yeah um so and then eli like look you know, again, I always come back to it, like the 2011 Giants, you just, you can't take it away from them. That was just not a good team. <laughs> There's just not that many guys that could drag that team to the Super Bowl. And I also think that look at the Rams, like one very talented team, and then got some really good fortune in this run, right? Didn't have to face the Packers, didn't have to face the Chiefs, um, didn't have to play. I guess I would say the bills I'd put in that category. Like, yeah, you know, and that's not, they can't do anything about that. And they beat, they had some, you know, they beat Tom Brady. They have big wins, but like no cheapies on the 2011 giants, like beat a 15 and one Packer team in Lambeau, beat a really good 49er team on the road, in San Francisco. And yeah. beat Tom Brady and the Patriots and maybe not their best team, but it's Tom Brady and the Patriots, you know? So like no, You know, and of course, 2007, like,
0: and Eli is the MVP
1: in both games.
0: Well, that's the other thing. And just one second before we get to that. But also, I actually did just see somebody, uh, somebody tweeted out. um, Let me see. I just passed it. It was, uh, okay. So Eli's postseason 2011 run, 1,219 yards. Matt Stafford this year. 1,188 yards. Eli, nine TDs. Matt Stafford, nine TDs. Eli, one interception. Matt Stafford, three interceptions. Eli completed 65% of his passes. Stafford, 70. Uh, Eli, 7.4 yards per pass. 8.4 for Stafford. Two 300-yard games for Eli. Two 300-yard games for Stafford. And both had three fourth-quarter comebacks. Uh, I mean, I just think... Oh, and the rushing offense for the Giants that year was 32nd in the league. Right. The Rams had the 25th ranked this year. I mean, however you want to look at that, Eli's more impressive. He just is. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, also, Eli, like our defense in
1: 2011 was, you know, the bottom third of the league where they had, you know, the greatest defensive player of his generation who made all the plays in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I will—I'll give. But on the other hand, like I do think Stafford gets to move into a different category. Like he did make that big drive. Like came up with all the big plays. Like when they had to have him, he—you know—I think the people who were saying that Detroit that he was better than than it seemed like in Detroit have a good leg to stand on. It's just like now you have guys like Dan Orlovsky who like obviously played with him and loves him. Going, you know, going—I mean, just going so overboard. Um, you know, now he's like a lock hall of famer, like, come on, like, it doesn't change absolutely everything. Um, and I do think Eli, you know, it's like, yes, twice. Like if Eli just, if you only had 2007,
0: no, Eli doesn't get in the hall of fame, but he did it again. Yep. And look, you're right. Stafford gets to go into a new section of the club. He has access to the VIP room. No question about it. It does. It puts him a cut above Romo, Matt Ryan, all the guys you listed. I I'm willing to give him that, certainly. And honestly, I don't even care if he makes it to the Hall of Fame. I just I don't, you know, it doesn't really. But I still know who he is. Don't tell me he's someone other than who he is. And again, right. yeah, fourth quarter, game winning drive. Great job. You know, he didn't win the the MVP. Like, how do you? Your Super Bowl doesn't count if you don't win the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> like Roethlisberger's first Super Bowl, he—that's not his. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, it does.
1: It is. It does make you like the way we evaluate these quarterbacks. You know, it is tricky. Like, I think, um, but I do think it. He gets to be in in a category above. You know, some of his contemporaries. Um, and, you know, guys who are now, you know, like, I think you look at a Dak Prescott, like he's got to do, he ha, he needs a run like this to go into, you know, to to, to be in that same sphere. Like, um, and I think, you know, yeah. people were a little unfair to Matthew Stafford. I think there was the a feeling that he was like, not even good, you know, which I think is is clearly
0: not correct. Yeah, I would. Yeah, he's he's good. There, that's certainly true. Um, but I, like he's I don't special. Like he's
1: a guy who should have been, you know, number one overall. Like he is that dude. Uh, yeah. You know whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. You know, I, I don't know, but I do think he gets to to break out of this pack he's sort of in, where it's not insane. Look, I mean, Jim Kelly's in the Hall of Fame. You know, like it's not insane. To put Matthew Stafford in, you know.
0: No, yeah, and like I said, I don't really even care about the Hall of Fame, but it's it's just more that like, you know, Stafford did not make Detroit significantly better. Yeah, you know, and and he has to own that too. Like you, you're not one of those guys. Just like you know, you made a fair point, and it's true. That he didn't ride the coattails necessarily of the rest of the team, he played a very important role in the Super Bowl run, but he didn't carry them either. No, for know? sure. And, but and he's not the kind of player that can. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. Well, yeah. I, I always, it's like I always say too, with when this conversation comes up and people try to use these other folks and their statistics as like a cudgel against Eli. And which is always like fine. If you don't like Eli, I I, I'm not one of these people who thinks that's nuts. I get it. Like I know what Eli looked like sometimes and I look I know what his stats are and I know how they were not, you know, always pretty and he wasn't always pretty and all that. My point is always like these other guys that you you use against him or argue are better than him, like what do they get you? Like that Eli doesn't? Like what difference does it make if you have a Matt Stafford or a Philip Rivers or you know these other players who are in that kind of class that eli doesn't like because if you're not good and you have matthew stafford you're still not going to be that great right and you know i you probably could say the same for Eli and his prime but i don't know Eli and his prime didn't play on terrible teams and the giants weren't always super talented um and you look at like You know, the success Eli had, and he had as much success as any of those guys, or more. So, like, Matt Ryan has been on plenty of bad teams, and he hasn't had nearly the success Eli's had. So, like, if you think those guys are even a little bit better, fine. But don't tell me it's, like, dramatically so. like, Because that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And just give Eli, like, I don't know. I just also feel like if you don't love Eli, (laughs) I just feel sad for you. (laughs) You know, like I don't, know, I don't even know that I, I, and I'm not like I don't think it's my default kind of personality to react to things that way, but it's true. If if you don't love Eli, that's just sad for you. Right, like, he
1: rules. Right. And I also just want to stop being defensive about it. I feel like this is like one of those things where it's really, no one's even saying it about, it's not about Eli at all. And somehow I'm like, I just know it. I'm just anticipating it that somehow Matt Stafford's going to get thrown in his face. and I just don't like it.
0: Well, right. It's also, again, I say I don't care about the hall of fame and I sort of stand by that, but if Matt Stafford gets in and Eli doesn't, I will be outraged. Right. That's an outrage. That is an outrage. I totally agree with that. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, For sure um yeah so so that's that's not okay and that's why this point needs to be made and and now you and i are on the record uh so that when you know the voting takes place years down the line they know where we stand yeah i mean i think even more than matt stafford the big winner was aaron
1: donald like to get who should have gotten mvp yeah. I mean, he just dominated the, the end of the game. And like, he was this guy who everybody said is like the best offensive player ever, but, you know, doesn't have the ring or whatever. And like the two plays he made on the third and fourth down on the last drive, oh my the third God. down I thought was the more underrated play where yeah. they yeah. hand the ball off and it looks like no doubt about it, a first down. And I, and watching it live, I was like, "How did that guy like just get the yeah. first down? What's wrong yeah. with that guy?" And then you watch the replay, and you see what happened is Donald just like grabbed him and yeah. just was, like
0: nope, <laughs> with like a guy on him. Too. Yeah, like God, the, the strength that was crazy. that took
1: to just be like nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that was an
1: incredible play. I mean, to back it up with the fourth down, like, the pass rush, I mean, geez, talk about how to, like, cement your legacy and all that nonsense.
0: And he had a walk-off sack, didn't he? (laughs) He, like... Essentially. Yeah. Right. There was a... uh, I saw it on Instagram. I think it was a clip of uh, Aaron Donald and DK Metcalf were on um, Pardon My Take, and... Uh, you know, PFT commenter, his like whole shtick is to just to be like unimpressed right. and sarcastic. And uh, Big Cat asks Aaron Donald how much he can bench press. And he just kind of goes 500 pounds. <laughs> and, and PFT goes, you just like, you, you see his face. He just goes, wait, what? <laughs> like not even just totally right. breaks character. And he's just like, hold on. Is that real? 500 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right.
1: Like that's too many pounds,
0: right? Like, are you okay? Right? How? Don't do How that. can you do that? Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's an absurd amount of pounds. I know he's yeah. just an animal. He guy. is a freak. He is. Ridiculous. He should have gotten the
0: MVP. I Cooper Cup too. Enough of that guy.
1: I know. You know. I we were joking during the game. Like that was the strangest thing about the Rams to me <laughs> to, about the game was Odell. In the first half is the most important player it seemingly then he go when he gets hurt and i felt terrible for him that he that he's
0: oh, got hurt Me too
1: but when he goes out it's like the whole team fell apart it was like this guy they picked up mid-season off the street who was not supposed to be a big deal was suddenly the single most important player and cooper cup it was like meaningless it was like oh well now they don't have odell like they it was like what And then, But then, you know, Cup, he did, look, he did step up right when they needed to him. He ended up having, like, a very good game. But it was super weird in the middle of the game, the way he had disappeared. And you were like, well, (laughs) I mean,
0: it was just odd. I mean, exactly. And I think, I don't know. I mean, because I guess there's one way to look at it as, you know, the Rams kind of bided their time. They kept it close. And then in the end, they had their two best players on offense win the game for them. And that's, you know, look, you can't argue that is kind of what happened. Um, I would also say, though, and I don't know, I didn't watch the film. I did hear somebody say this at some point, but, you know, let's say that there was a coaching adjustment made and they figured out the way to get Cooper Cup open. Right. And I think that's definitely part of what happened there. I think the difference is Odell gets open. Like, Cooper Cup, they had to just, like, at the last second figure out, like, okay, maybe this is how we're going to get this guy open. Like, Odell's going to get open. And there's a huge difference. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Cooper Cup because he had one of the great seasons of, like, any receiver ever. Um, And he had a good game. And he stepped up at the exact moment that he had to. Um, So it's not like, oh, he's not as good or whatever. But it was, like it was just very strange in the middle of the game, how stark it felt that Odell was the single most important player on the Rams. Offense right. For a good stretch where, and then it, even when it was like, well, now they have no weapons. I, like Collinsworth made a comment. It's like, they have the best receiver in the league. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like and Odell. They didn't have him when the season started now without him, They're like, there's nothing. I know. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it was. I felt so bad for him that he went down. Um, but yeah, so I know what you mean about Cup being the MVP felt a little off. Um, but he did have two touchdowns and he caught every big ball down the stretch. So I so I get it at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, fine. And he, I don't know, he won the wide receiver triple crown, which I guess is a thing now. All of a sudden, he had a
1: ridiculous but... season. Like I think he caught. Yeah something like 175 passes all told and <laughs> something ridiculous <laughs> 22 it touchdowns was, this year and yet are you buying a ticket to
0: see cooper cup play
1: no i hear you i i mean you know i i mean
0: i mean i hate to be critical of the guy like you yeah know, yeah I, player, I mean i know
1: but... what you're saying it's like if you're drafting wide receivers, when do you get to Cooper cup? Right? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. is this just cause he's like a short white guy and uh, there, we have a bias there or, um, you know, it does feel like those types of players are a little more dependent on other players and scheme and what have you. On the other hand, you know, you just can't argue with the production he had this year.
0: Yeah, that's true. So speaking of our biases, can we, can we do a little revisit on some of the giants drama? Sure. So I thought you did an excellent job tackling the issue. I agreed with everything you said um, about, you know, the Giants are not capital R racist. They weren't like, don't hire that black guy. Like <laughs> none of those things happened. I truly do believe. But like, you're right. This is exactly the problem. The problem is, is that despite that not being the case, like the Giants have a bias. They do like we've been talking about that since way before this Brian Flores lawsuit. And they're not the only ones. And it's sort of funny. I do like is it fair to just say that the Texans just so blatantly got caught up in, <laughs> in this whole thing? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, and bizarrely, like
1: they clearly felt that they now couldn't hire a McCown brother because he's so unqualified and it would look absolutely horrendous in the- the the wake of this and yet right. they don't hire flores they hired lovey smith where like <laughs> if you were gonna do that like your fans would be like like flores is the guy you can sell like he's right. coming off a really doing a really good job lovey smith can right. bouncing around sucked in illinois right he's been a disaster gonna <laughs> win a decade. big 10 <laughs> right. right i, I know and it's like, okay, we don't we want to hire a black guy now because of this controversy, but but Flores is too much heat there, <laughs> and maybe because of the Deshaun Watson thing, they didn't want to do that. So they, you know, yeah, I mean, and like that's not it, you, you know. That's, that's right. not. That's not the point. That's right. <laughs> that's not it, right? It's <laughs> just like I know I, I don't know the solution to that problem other than just like i don't know i mean the nfl right i mean
0: here's brian flores isn't gonna get a job (laughs) no never again guy's never gonna work again i will say that's like kind of the the thing that because i know a lot of people in the wake of colin kaepernick it was definitely not i wouldn't say everybody said this but it was a popular line of thinking that Oh, Kaepernick only did this because he's not starting anymore, and that's how he stays relevant. And that's like he was trying to get his money, and you know, whatever. Like you cannot say the same of Brian Flores. You know, like he will not. He he was somebody who was in demand, and he will not work again. You don't think he'll ever be a coach again? I think he could be. Uh, you know, down. I mean, he's still the thing is, he's still so young. He's a
1: young guy. And, yeah,
0: yeah. I and, mean, I, yeah.
1: But he might have to go be a coordinator again like
0: oh yeah yeah. i mean and i would say he's gonna be out of the league for a while right i mean he's actively suing the league so right but he i mean he's still interviewed
1: for jobs like he's still i think he might even still be a candidate for jobs right or no maybe not has everybody made their choice
0: well let's see so the texans have lovey the jags have doug peterson Somebody fired their coach late in the cycle. Oh, no. So, the the Saints hired the, their defensive coordinator, right? Right. Uh, right. Maybe the Texans was his last shot. Yeah. The Raiders took McDaniels. I do think it's everybody. Okay. Has filled right. up. Right. But, yeah, no. I, I mean, this is going to be tough for him. I, I think, you know. I mean, you know, it is interesting, like,
1: like, might he have gotten the Texans job if he didn't? I guess not, right? Like, they, if he, if he didn't sue... They would have hired McCown. They would have hired McCown, right. Yeah. I mean, for that guy to not... get In mean, the NFL, like I will say, those owners are the most shameless people. Like, oh. that they just won't hire him, you know? It's like, Flores is suing, he says racism, and they're like, nah, no one hires him. You right. know, like, he's out. And then, like, Kaepernick. I mean, just the way they just... Ate that? We're just like, yep, nope, no one, right. no one signed him, no one felt compelled to give right. him a shot. They just were like, nope, he's blackballed, he's out, and he has remained out, and he's never yeah. played again. Like, right. it's wild. That's actual cancel culture, right? He never he played was again, canceled.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Right. That's cancel culture. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. Now I'll say, let's. I want to flip it the other way now. And and look at it. So, Mike McDaniel, the new Dolphins coach, right, uh, asked what race he identified as, and uh, you know there were a lot of people not happy with his answer. And you know here's the thing, right? Whereas I understand why people didn't like his answer, I understand even more so that it was a tough it was a tough answer from a guy standing on the podium of the team that just fired Brian Flores for winning. Yeah. And so there was a lot of, a lot of things in the mix that weren't ideal for that situation, but what Mike McDaniel said, and just, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of our listeners were under this impression, but I am not black african-american i'm not any of those things i'm just i'm white and japanese right uh but his answer to that question really resonated with me because my entire life my race has been way more important to other people than it ever was to me and it is oftentimes like the first thing people bring up with me and you know and look a lot of it's good natured but it's also like a thing that you always have to navigate And I get it. I totally understood what he was saying. And I do think there are people out there, like not every single person in the world who gets up in front of a microphone has to represent a cause. Yeah. You know, they can just, if someone asks, Hey, what's your experience? And then they share their experience. You kind of just have to respect that. That's their experience. Like he answered the question he got asked. I'm sorry. He didn't make a social justice statement. That's just not how he feels.
1: Yeah, I mean I think he's in a particularly tricky position because he he's again he's taking over for a black coach who is suing the league and alleging racism and mistreatment by the Dolphins. Right. Now they're hiring him. He's technically black, but he lo- he presents quite very white to the point that I I think many people would probably not realize he's black. Yeah, I, didn't I didn't know.
0: I didn't know. I'd seen a couple of like clips of him and I, I didn't know.
1: Yeah. And but so on the one hand, it's like. There's always that thing of like, look, if you're partially black in America, you're technically black, you kind of there's a desire for those folks to be like proud and outspoken about that. On the other hand. I don't know that he wants to like give the dolphins too much credit for his hiring because it doesn't, it's not, you know what I mean? He's not, I don't think he wants to be like, look, they're not racist. They hired me. Right.
0: Like, right. Yeah. Cause that would look too. sort of
1: odd too. Like, well, right. like, you no, know, you're not a good example of what we're talking about here. Like, um, so he's in a particularly thorny spot, I think, when it comes to that stuff Yeah. of what he was supposed to say to make people feel good. Um, but I do think, you know, it's always like, People are always gonna. It's like when Tiger Woods used to kind of get crap for like he, he would always say like I'm, whatever African Asian. He, he tried to like yeah un- all these different things. It's like okay sure, but like no, you know. Right. <laughs> but I, right. I do think for this character, um, <laughs> Mike forget <laughs> Forgetting, I was going to say <laughs> Mike McCarthy. That's not um, who's more like a. Jar of mayonnaise in a hat. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> it's, they get um, a lot whiter than him.
1: <laughs> You know, I do think he's it's particularly thorny because, he, he, again, yeah, he's not trying to be like, look at the dolphins. Look how progressive they are hiring me. Right, or, right. You know, it's like, no, that's not really right either. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I know. It's just – it's hard. It's really hard. Everybody just stop being so defensive, right? Right. The bar yeah. – For actual racism is pretty high. Right. Like, I I just feel it's funny because I think a lot of people hear the story of, you know, Brian Flores or whatever, and they immediately, like, tense up and think, too, I've never been overtly racist, but I could be accused of being a racist. And, you know, I'm really nervous about that. But then when you really think about it, how many of you out there are hiring for a very selective job, of which there are almost no black people. And then, you know, the national media is going to call it like, this is not you. You don't have to relate to this situation. Like, yeah, right. Right. You don't have to come rushing
1: to their defense. And also like, again, I think you're right. Like, don't, you don't need to be this defensive. Like no one is suggesting that the giants are holding clan rallies. It's just that like, everybody involved in the nfl you need to just acknowledge that the, the sky is blue that like okay you guys are right like yes it's silly how when we're given the number of black players the number of black coaches makes no sense and no sense. <laughs> it's clearly an issue and you just all you have to do is when you are picking you just you should be a voice in your head that's like hmm Actually, before we make this decision, everybody like think to ourselves like, okay, have we given like are we are we doing something like is there something off about what we're doing right now like the Texans situation is actually like a perfect example of of that actually something that is right for it to happen like they're reflexively gonna hire Josh McCown because it feels like. A totally normal thing to do and upon a little reflection it's like wait a minute that's messed up you know <laughs> like why do we feel comfortable making josh mccown the head coach of this team like we should um you know uh dissect that a little bit like we should inspect ourselves right. why why do we feel so comfortable doing that like
0: and that's you know, all that needs also- to happen I can't remember who this was, but I think it was on Chris Long's podcast, but I was, somebody made a great point as a former player where he was saying, you know, nowadays, a lot of the, especially a lot of the black coaches are former players in the NFL more so than perhaps the white coaches in the league. And, but all, like all the coaches white or black go through the same sort of like initiation years where you're a grunt and you're sleeping on couches and all you're doing are these, you know, little film cutups and et cetera, et cetera. And he made the point where, you know, a lot of the white coaches are, you know, maybe fresh out of college and they're graduate assistants and they're like 24. And that's when they're doing this work. Right. And then maybe some of the ex players are like 30 and they have a wife and kids and they're millionaires. And right, it's just right. like, this is not a lifestyle for me at this point. <laughs> But also, it's not like I necessarily need to learn it Right. This I way. played the
1: game. I did that. I did the work. I played NFL football like this guy sleeping on the couch to prove himself because he's never played in an NFL game. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. And but then the minute they're willing to waive that sort of cultural norm, among coaches is to make Josh McCown head coach of the Texans. (laughs) Right. What? Right.
1: Which of the Texans, maybe you got saved from yourselves because that has disaster (laughs) written all over
0: it. All Right now. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, right. Stop being so defensive. You know, it's funny. I was talking about this with a friend at work who was, you know, trying to say, well, you know, yeah, You know, black coaches are, you know, it's disproportionate the number of players and coaches. But if you extrapolate that to the entire population, there's actually the numbers are right. And I was just like, what are you talking? What are you doing? Why would you do that? Right. You're just, you're working way too hard. He he was like, well, it's important to get the facts right. And I was like, I agree. And so the problem is, is that you're looking for facts that support your bias and not facts in the situation itself. Right, right. It's an irrelevant
1: fact. It is maybe a fact, but it's not has no bearing on the right, conversation. exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. A distri- it's a clear distraction. It's like, oh, but what if look at this over here? It's like, wait, what? That that logically makes no sense. Why right. would we do it that way?
0: Right. And then it's funny because, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, the Rooney rule and anything that has to do with anything that's even remotely connected to affirmative action the you know the one of the first things you hear is our oh, quotas quotas are terrible no quotas we don't want quotas but then now again same kind of discussion it's like well how many then how many black coaches there need to be for it to be fair and it's like oh so we need a quota like you know right, right like i don't know but i don't know yeah but clearly
1: this sucks right do it enough that it becomes no longer a thing so we all don't have to worry about it like higher enough like make sure and then we we'll would make sure but just like get comfortable with it and so that we can all move we'd love we'd all love to not have these conversations they're they're you know maddening and it's talking in circles like right make it so routine that we don't have to talk about it anymore and like look like black quarterbacks is kind of finally turn the corner i think where yeah. Uh, yeah it's much less a thing um i think we're there you know like i agree yeah but it's taken forever <laughs> i know <laughs> and you know it it, it and a lot of them burned out and busted and didn't get a chance who probably should have or you know weren't well, we're never able time. to
0: utilize the full menu of their talents right right
1: and it's like taken forever and I think and now you see it and look they're just as good and in fact in many ways you know revolutionizing the position in many instances and wouldn't be surprised if that happened in coaching as well
0: yeah oh that's that's a nice note I think to end a little optimism that it's gonna go the right way (laughs) so let's kill our optimism as quickly as we can and switch to the Knicks yeah oh god (laughs) Brian uh, let's play a little word association I'm gonna say a word and then you're just gonna just tell me how you feel reddish <laughs> just deep
1: deep burning rage I come here Although you have to say both. You have to say Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I'm so sick of Cam Reddish. I never want to hear the name Cam Reddish. I can't read another article about Cam Reddish or Cam Reddish's playing time or Cam Reddish's future with the Knicks or anything involving Cam Reddish. I do not care about Cam Reddish. I don't think it matters that much. I don't understand why this is such a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's it too. And I feel like I know you're like, you. it's like people grasping at like, what's a thing that will like save the season. And there's definitely a lot among the fans of just like, look, they're bored. We're all getting a little bored. The season's really disappointing. We just want to see something different. He's shiny object, new, different. Maybe
0: he'll help. He's talented, whatever, like put him in. But there's just this like- uh, Brian, sorry, but I think your audio cut. I could see you. I see you talking. Oh, but you can't hear me? Now I hear you. Okay, weird.
1: Um, it, it, there's just this, like, emphasis on this guy's future as, like, holding the entire franchise in his hands. That, like, the trade for him was this monumental deal and not evaluating this guy is setting us back. You know what I mean? That everything rests on whether Cam Reddish gets tip playing time or not. And are they going to make a trade to get him in the rotation? Like who cares? <laughs> like <laughs> he, he's a talented player that we have on a roster. We'll get him next year. If he's good this year. Great.
0: If he's not. So what, what is the big deal? Yeah, I don't know. And, and I don't get it. I, I just, again, I think people too, they, they need to look for like deep answers and meaning. Like, you know, it was a trade that happened ever so slightly before the deadline. So the timing was a little strange. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, I guess, believe in Cam Reddish's talent or potential or whatever. And then, so they're just grasping for meaning. Like, why did we do this? There has to be a reason. Like, if there's not a reason, Leon Rose is terrible, which is also not true. It's just, like, I need to react to something now right i mean they took
1: a flyer on the guy he's a former lottery pick they gave up virtually nothing to get him and they got him and they can take they can evaluate they have all the rest of the year to evaluate him they'll have a whole summer to evaluate him they'll have a whole training camp to evaluate him if he comes you know they can start him next they can play him next year if he so earns it there's just no emergency here to get this guy in the games and playing like it's not like he's been some stud and it's inexplicable while they're playing. He's been mostly bad.
0: Also, and this is something that used to drive me nuts about Frank and Knox also, what makes everybody think they're not being evaluated? They do, people realize, right? That Tibbs interacts with the team more than we do. That it's not just like Right. <laughs> It's just like when we see them on the TV is the only time that they're playing and then thus the only time they're being evaluated. They're being evaluated constantly. I'm sure everyone is looking relentlessly for the slightest edge they could find. He's being evaluated. And the evaluation has determined that he should not play in a game.
1: (laughs) Right. But, like, I get the idea of, like, look, we're not playing well, but, like, you know... It, it, like, I
0: don't know. I just don't think it matters that much. No, I, no. I want to stick with that because I because this is a thing, I, right? We're not playing well, so do something, right? Like, right. But this is the kind of thing that I discourage, and I'm going to quote you. Uh, and this is just actually a joke that Nicole, my wife, and I have uh, because you said it once about yours. <laughs> my wife has many fine qualities, <laughs> but one of them is not using technology. And there are times where she hits a button on the remote and it does something she doesn't expect it to do. So then her solution to that problem is hit all the buttons. And then just chaos ensues. And every time it happens, it's like, why would you do, why would you just hit all the buttons? That doesn't make sense to me as a reaction. What are you doing? But that's how so many sports fans are. It's just like the Knicks season isn't going well. Press all the buttons. That's not what we're supposed to do. Right. Right. I know. You know, and I just
1: think, I think Tibbs gets a raw deal on the whole young players. Like who's, who's he not playing? Like, look, the only one I will say, I do think Obi Toppin, I don't quite understand why Obi Toppin can only play eight minutes in a game they're lo- they lo- end up losing to Oklahoma city. Like, I do think that's weird. Yeah. Um, but like, look, Quentin Grimes, he's playing yeah. a ton and he's won a spot and he's earned it and Tibbs loves him now. And he's a part of it. You know, I don't think there's anything that could happen that would, have him not playing him, yeah. like Emmanuel quickly for all his struggles. Tibbs still plays him; he plays him the I, right amount. Like and played him a ton him. last year. It was just because he wasn't starting, so it wasn't good enough. Right, like Mitchell Robinson. He's clearly one been won over by. Like yeah. he plays him a lot. It's not like what young players are you really like? Okay, Miles McBride. Like I, I can understand why you'd want to see him, but like you're still talking about a second round pick. Um, you know, it's not like oh, what is he thinking, not playing that guy? You know, <laughs> like, I just, I don't think it's insane.
0: Um, right, it's also, like, a second round, it's again, because the guy was sort of a second round steal, does not mean he's an all-star. It means he's slightly better than where he was picked in the second round.
1: Right, and look, has gotten some time and has not totally impressed. Like, had, you know, has had... Had, I think, a good game, had a couple really bad games. Look, I mean, we, we don't know what he is. Maybe he's great. But, like, we also know he's physically fairly limited. He's a small guy. You know, he's a little undersized. Like, there's some, you know, it's not an overwhelming offensive game. Like, I think the defense is worth taking a look at. You know, Kemba's been so bad. I definitely get where, like, but, you know, he's actually got to live in that locker room. Like, Kemba is a really thorny, tricky problem to have, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm sure if McBride was just blowing him away, he would make the
0: move, you know, but it's not it's not so simple. Um, I don't know. So getting back to Cam Reddish for just a minute, I want to ask you the question that you ask me whenever I don't like a player, which is, but if he's really good, wouldn't that be awesome?
1: (laughs) Yes. No, and I agree (laughs) And I like, I like having him on the team. Like, it's a nice thing that he's this talented dude who, like, has potential. There's just just this, like, urgency about it that I've even found. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it just feels like this, like, we got uh, Cam Reddish. Is Cam Reddish going to get in tonight? And, like, I've seen, like, six articles. That guy, Fred Katz, has written about it, like, 12 times. Like, <laughs> Cam Reddish? What does this mean for Cam Reddish? Who cares? I just, whatever. If he's good, great. But if he's not so what? It's not, everything's not resting. And there is something about Cam Reddish what bothers me is like, he seems to have this attitude, and I think I said this when I was by myself, like, Kevin Knox at least looks like he knows he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. Kevin Knox didn't walk on the court like, wait do you see this. He walked on right. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best, but I don't right. know. Cam Reddish gonna... walks around like he's already proven everything he needs to prove. And that's false. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very false. <laughs> like I hope he's good. I I think he I, I like I think I think it was a good trade, even though he still hasn't played. Like they'll get they have him next year. Like it it,
0: it it's just not a five alarm fire. Yeah. It's not. I mean right. I, I also again it doesn't matter how good cam reddish is if Randall's not going to get better you know then it doesn't matter then who cares if rose isn't healthy it doesn't matter
1: yeah i mean i just i mean i think fans too have gotten so disconnected it's like this whole the sixers thing and the pro like are so disconnected from the reality of of this that like one, these are human beings. There's relationships. There's all this stuff. There's agents. You know all these things. The idea that on a dime the Knicks are just going to go like that, Tom Thibodeau can show up tomorrow and be like, "All right, McBride, you're starting. Noel, <laughs> you're you're not going to play anymore. We're going to play Jericho Sims. Um, y- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Obi, you and Randall, you guys are going to split time." Um, we're going to take a look at some of these kids and we're going to just, we're going to lose most of the games the rest of the year. Kind of take a look at it. Like what? I mean, (laughs) no, they're not going to do that. They're a professional basketball team. They're trying to win as many games as they possibly can. He's not going to show up and stop playing the people he perceives as the best players so that we can get a look at guys or be more entertained or get a fresh storyline or, you know what I mean? That's just not no, and I, the way and it think, should
0: be or could be, and it's just ridiculous. It's also, you know, you say about how the Sixers did it with the process. I also think that, you know, maybe the, the prevalence of just the phrase load management has sort of skewed people's perspective on these guys. But, I mean, you know, Evan Fournier and Julius Randall aren't just going to willingly be like, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll forfeit <laughs> the second half of a season in my prime just to let so you guys can evaluate the kids. Right, cool and it'll that. it'll help our
1: draft pick and right it'll you know the fans will be a little happier and and also we won't look like the season's been super disappointing. I get it. It is. We're still in the. We're still too close. Yes, you want to get in the play in. You want to win the play in. Then you get in the playoffs. And you try to win your series in the playoffs and then you hope that you keep going. Is that very realistic? No. But neither is getting the number one pick in the draft at this point. So it's better to just keep establishing some kind of culture. And, like, look, these last two games were a disaster. Total disaster. Completely get it. Like, this Knicks team, I mean, when you really think about those last two games, man, you beat Portland, you beat OKC, (laughs) Yeah. Now you're within, like, three games of 500. Now you're probably in the 10th spot. Derrick Rose is coming back after the All-Star break. Hey, we got some momentum. <laughs> Instead, they lose both games, and it's like, what the Brutally. hell? But it's just the idea that they're going to now on a dime be like, okay, we're going to tank the rest of the season, get a better draft pick. I just think it's ludicrous, and it's, like, absurd. And they're it's not going to au- do I mean, it,
0: so stop talking about it. And I wouldn't I wouldn't even watch that if that. If that's what they were clearly doing – I would not watch that. Right. Who wants to watch that?
1: I I mean, I mean, and it's like, so that we we can get a look at Jericho Sims. I've I've seen enough. Right. (laughs) You know, like I don't need to see him. Uh, You know, that's not, he's not the future of anything. Like,
0: I I will watch Jericho Sims if I have to, but if If I I don't have to, to, I don't want to. (laughs) Right.
1: Who are these kids? I do would like. I don't. What do you think is the deal with T- Tibbs and Obi?
0: Why I don't can't know. He, Why
1: can't he get Obi more involved? Because I can't tell either if Tibbs loves him with all his heart. I don't, heart I don't think him. he. I don't think he likes him anymore. Why? I think he plays him because he's the only guy he's got at the four. Like, wow. I don't think he likes his game, man. He played eight minutes yeah. in a game they lost in overtime. Like, right. his minutes have gone down lately, and he played pretty well, and they go down. Like, I just think that defense and the lack of three-point shooting, he just feels like, I can't play this guy.
0: Yeah, man, it would be so – Obi just has to – God, gets hit from the corner, Obi. Right. Just he the He could corner. hit threes,
1: or he could block shots. Like, one yeah. pick one of those two things to develop, and it right. could be super fun. As it is, he's just like a – he's like a – and one guy like he's a couple minutes of excitement but like yeah but i don't know it's just hard to watch julius struggle and have obi not get any opportunities you know like yes where are some of the
0: things gets away with julius it just feels like so where are you on the julius randall hate scale
1: I don't know. On the other hand, it's like, I get it, right? Like sometimes it feels like Julius is like the only hope we have to win games, like where it almost does feel like he's got to play the whole game. Um, I don't know, man. Julius, like one, he's played pretty well the last like two weeks and yet I, I find I've never hated him more. And I don't, I don't <laughs> totally understand it. Why does this guy, It's he invokes in me a feeling of such disgust and rage sometimes like, where you just want to, like, kill him.
0: Yeah. It's just, he does. I really did feel this way about him last year, particularly with the refs. I, I do. I think, you know, I know they all do it. I have thought that he is worse than most. It's always something, and he's always carrying on forever with the guy. And he does it to teammates, too. And it's just like, I don't think he has a great attitude and yeah, Yeah. we suck now and that's not okay. And I do think that two years ago it was almost more tolerable because I felt like, you know, almost like Knox, like he knew it. He knew that he was not living up to his, right. You know, what he was brought there to do, you know, even with fair expectations, I don't think he was living up to it. And I think he kind of knew that. And then he, you know, he got to taste the sweet, sweet nectar of, getting love at msg and it's like he's just like what you're just gonna take it away Like, yeah you yeah. took it away yeah
1: <laughs> well he almost wants to play it like you know the people who like say well it's not fair to him look he's not like a lebron he's not like he almost has that attitude of like what do you want from me i'm not but he wants it both ways like i am the best player the star of this team but like hey you can't expect it's like well Like, when we first got you, it was a little unfair to expect you to carry us. Like, you were, like, making a modest amount of money. And when you were a free agent signing, you were never meant to be the guy. Then you were the guy. This year, we brought you back as the dude. So, like, this year, no. Like, we do expect that from you. Um, Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about his game. Like, it's just these, you know, you've said it a bunch. Like, the man without a plan thing. Like, just the, like, what were you doing? (laughs)
0: Right? Well, that's also – I think that's the thing ultimately is that he makes a an absolutely hideous play. You don't have to know anything about basketball to know that what he did made no sense at all <laughs> and it was terrible. But then after it happens, he's mad at everyone. Yeah. Mad at the refs. Mad at his teammates. mad. At, it's like you just dribbled into four guys. And had no, and just like stopped and then like panicked and you're mad at everybody else. Oh, you got fouled. There's no one to pass to. Maybe part of the problem was you driving into four guys in the first place.
1: Right. With no sense of what you were going to do when you got there. Yeah. He like reminds me of like Stacey Patton in Eddie.
0: (laughs) I haven't actually. Oh
1: really? Oh, you watch it. He's like him this year is that character for me. That's what he feels like. <laughs> just like, but it's like, I, I don't know. Like, the mix have had plenty of disappointing, underperforming players. I never felt this way about Mellow. I never felt this way about like Stefan yeah. Marbury. Like, <laughs> something about Julius Randle makes me enraged. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, where it's like, get rid of him. Even as he's like playing well and you know we can't function without him, there's something where it's just like, I just hate this
0: <laughs> yeah there's something about it's it's hard to describe but it's like the way that he stands and then kind of looks up if something's not going well right it's almost like you know he considers himself above it right, right. Where it's like this sucks but here i am doing my best and it's right like, right i'm doing well right yeah. yeah no <laughs> false
1: Right. And in fact, like the last couple of games, you know, him in the fourth quarter, he seems to like melt down into these just terrible, you know, possessions that are where it's like, what are you plan? What is your plan? And that's where like Tibbs too. I just don't quite get why. What is, how is he standing there seemingly watching this happen on a nightly basis and not changing something around? Like, yeah. What are their conversations like? What is he telling Randall about how he's performed this year? I, I don't totally get that dynamic.
0: That's a good question. You know, because, look, also I think Tibbs is in a tough spot where, you know, he yeah. he needs Randall to play well. Yeah, so he probably right. can, feels like he can't crush him. Right. You know, and, and he has to keep it positive. At the same time, though, I agree with you. And it's also – like I'm kind of surprised nobody was in Randall's ear, like, yo, you gotta get out there, you gotta handle the press, you gotta do this, man. Right,
1: right, right, and you gotta play defense all the time. Like that should yeah. be like make that your calling card, and then everything else will take care of the rest. I don't know. Like, wouldn't Obi like tw- 15 minutes of Obi be like the perfect punishment for Randall? Like, why doesn't he yeah. do that more often? Like, I'm I'm playing Obi in the third quarter, just letting him run. Yeah, I, don't I know. agree that obi's like diminishing playing time and quickly's just total demise is is really my biggest sadnesses of this season (laughs) yeah (laughs) quickly man what a funk he's in i mean i know he's to his credit everything else he's doing much better than last year but god he can't hit a shot to save his life which is like his thing i know that three he missed last night was just devastating
0: all right, Brian. Well, I think we'll actually be recording live next time. Nice. Potentially. Oh, like
1: right, we'll be together. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we get all we'll get all the families in and we'll just make yeah. it make it weird. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we'll talk fourth <laughs> grade basketball with Alice. We'll talk Oh Super yeah. Bowl with Nate maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Haley will just, you know, she'll give us her thoughts. She'll give us
1: her takes. Yeah, right. She can give us her pandemic takes.
0: Yeah, she'll (laughs) be there with the spice, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brian. Good to see you. All right. Till again.